spend time with God every day. Every day. Every day. I will spend time with God. I will pray. I will pray. 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 I will pray. I will be holy. I will be holy. 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 I will be. I will be holy. I will fulfill God's purpose for me and my generation. My generation. My generation. I will fulfill God's purpose. God's purpose for my generation. For me and my generation. My generation. I will live the vow. Uh, Matthew 24, Matthew 24, starting in verse 10. If you want to open up your Bible, it says this, And then many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because, of lawless, because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. So, hey, I want to talk about, uh, we're, we're going to continue our series here. Um, that is uh, called Heartbreakers Contending for Your Heart. And again, this is the whole point of this series is to talk about different things, different tactics of the enemy, that, uh, that the enemy comes and tries to steal your pursuit of Jesus, that tries to dampen your heart in God. And so we want to continue talking about these. Jesus here in Matthew 24 was, was giving an example of what, it, what things are going to be like at the end of the age. Uh, when, he, when he returns... And uh, when he was asked about that, he said, interesting, he said this, he said, many will be offended, many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. Many false prophets will rise up and deceive many, and because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. So I want to talk, there's obviously there's a number of things in there tonight, but I want to talk about one of the aspects that he said will cause your heart to grow cold is that many will be offended. And I want to talk tonight about the idea of being offended and what that looks like and how the enemy uses that in each one of our lives to help distract us from our pursuit of Jesus. It's interesting in Luke 17, Luke 17 verse 1, Jesus says this, It is impossible that no offenses should come, but woe to him through whom they do come. Jesus looks and he says, It is impossible that no offenses will come. I just want to go ahead and tell you tonight that you will not go through life without ever being offended. You will not go through life. And an offense is a weird thing because um, it's even it's inside of us and we, we feel it, but we don't always articulate it. Some of us, there's all sorts of different things we can be offended at. Some people are offended um, by their past, by things that have happened to them in their past, and, and there builds an offense within them towards that. Some people are offended towards uh, leadership or pastors or teachers. A lot, of times, uh, a lot of times it's our family that offends us. A lot of times it's uh, our friends that offend us. In Psalm 55, verse 12, David says this. If an enemy were insulting me, insulting me I could endure it. If a foe were raising himself against me, I could hide from it. But it is you, a man like myself, my companion, my close friend, to whom I once enjoyed sweet fellowship as we walked with a throng at the house of God. The idea that he's portraying there is that it's so easy. If our enemies come to offend us, we can can ignore that a lot of times. People that don't like you say things against you. It's easy to, to look that off and shrug that off. Sometimes the deepest hurts come from the people that are closest to us. It's our friends. It's our family. I know there's a lot of people that are uh, offended by their pastors and, and the church body as a whole. Jesus in John 17 prayed for unity in the church. I think that Satan specifically tries to bring disunity through offense. 
He tries to bring disunity by having us be offended at one another. I'm going to say the word offended a lot tonight, so I want to make sure you know what I'm talking about. When I say, uh, when I say offended, I, I mean things like um, we have expectations that are not met. When you come into something and you have an expectation of what it's supposed to look like, and it doesn't pan out to be like that, we can become offended. We get hurt by that. Obviously, it hurts. It's bitterness towards people. Offense is all relational. Offense has to do with our relationships with other people. Offense is oftentimes a rift in a relationship that causes pain and accusation. Causes pain in your heart and accusation towards other people. So when I, when I keep saying the word offense tonight, those are the things I'm talking about. I'm talking about hurts and wounds and pains that we have as we, as we have accusations towards other people and how they have wronged us. What they've done to us in order to, to uh, hurt us and to limit us. So that's what, as I keep saying that, I just want to make sure you know what I'm talking about. Otherwise, it would not make a lot of sense for you to be here. Uh, I think it's funny. When we go to a furnace retreat, we, we oftentimes do this time. We did it this last time at Encounter. But just where we sit in a big fat circle and we just take time to go to one each other and repent to one another for, th- for offenses that we either have or that we know that we've, uh, that we've done towards other people. And uh, I'm always amazed at, at that time, especially in, when we do it in the fall. Because in the fall, we've all just met. In the fall, we've met, we've known each other for about three weeks, and realistically, what that means is that we maybe went to orientation together, we've seen each other in a prayer meeting, because we all go to three, but we don't all go to the same three, we've, we've been as a corporate whole three whole times at the gathering, and so really there hasn't been a ton of interaction, we've had a few accountability meetings already, but, but Furnace Retreat is it's pretty close to the beginning of the semester, not many of us know each other, and so... Every fall, we have this, you know, we bring up the question, hey, should we do it again this fall? Like, these people, we don't even know each other. How can we be offended at each other? How can we, how can I have anything to repent to any of these people? I don't even know them. But we, I, can, I continually get talked into doing it. And so we take this time, and I am blown away. I'll just, because I just let it go until, until it seems like it's dying down. And I kid you not, it takes so long. I'm like, how can you people have so many hurts towards each other already? You don't even know each other. And people just go and cry and wipe it and you're snotting on each other. And, you know. and this is the same thing. Ladies, I, I, I don't know how you think, but let me tell you how the guys think. You're sitting in the chair right here like this. Big circle looking around. And at first, at first, no one gets up. And it's an awkward time where who's going to be the first one? And you don't want to be the first one because it's like admitting that you've done something wrong. <laughs> and once everybody's up and moving, it's fine. But that first person, you're like, I don't want anyone to see me. Anyway, so you're sitting there, and you see someone get up across the room, and they start walking towards you. And this is how you, you go. Who is that? What could I have possibly done to them to offend them? What have I done? I, I don't even know that person. And, and they're walking straight towards me. Or maybe you do know them, and you're like, oh, man. Oh, no, here it goes. This is going to take a while. <laughs> oh, this is going to take so long. And then you walk, or you watch as they walk straight towards you, and you make that awkward eye contact. And you're like, oh, here, oh, man. Are, are they coming to me? I don't know. And they walk straight up to you and go to the person right next to you. <laughs> Whew! That was close. 
That was real close. And then, but this is what I've noticed. A lot of times accountability leaders have like lines. It's not like just a person. It's like a line, like waiting for people to talk to them. And they're like, man, I, am, I have messed up a lot of people already. <laughs> so, it, but it's so funny to me how, how quickly, uh, how quickly we, we can get hurt by people. And, and I think it's healthy for us to do that. I think it's healthy even in those times. It's, they're little things sometimes that once we deal with them at the beginning so that they don't become big things later. But I was trying to think of, I was trying to think of a time in my life where uh, a story that I could tell you about accusation. Or a time that I could tell you where I was offended by someone else. And, and it was really hard. I was racking my brain. I, I really like telling stories. And so I was like, I got to have a story. And the way I tell, I, I want it to be funny. And so like that's, that's you know, it, when, you're, when you're preaching, you got to tell funny stories to draw them in. So I, I just couldn't think of it. So I was like, Justin, do you have any funny stories about being offended? Amy, do you have any funny? You know what's interesting? People don't really have funny stories about being offended. <laughs> It's not really a funny thing. Oh, man, this one time I had accusation towards a person. It was hilarious. Yeah, so it didn't really, I, I kept trying to think of a funny time when, when, uh, when something happened. And uh, I did come up with one thing, though. This was actually pretty recent. So this is a little bit story, a little bit confession. And uh, mo- a lot of you were there with us. It was last semester. We went and did a night of desperation in Pueblo. And uh, so we did worship and prayer and it was a great night. Uh, unfortunately, I don't know how I could have done this. This was Jesus playing a joke on me. I scheduled this night of desperation on the same night as the Big 12 championship. And when I scheduled it, I didn't know Oklahoma had already lost to Texas. And so I was in the depression. So I was like, it's kind of a rebellion to schedule it on that night. Anyway, that's probably not true. But so, so. But Oklahoma made it to the Big 12 championship, and so now I had a battle. Prayer and worship, Sooners. And, I was, and, and, and so, you know, I was like, genius idea. Let's just record the football game. I can't record the night of desperation. So I'll go do that, and then we'll, uh, we'll go, and I'll come home, and I'll stay up till 3 a.m. watching the football game. And so here's what I had to do. I, I, I'm, not, uh, I'm not the brightest, but I'm also not dumb. I text every one of my friends in Oklahoma, and I say, do not text me during the game. Because here's what happens. All of my friends, all of our wives are really annoyed during every game because we're just, did you just see that? Oh, man. Touchdown! You know, we're like, we're just texting back and forth. And, and so my phone goes off like 50 times during a three-hour span of the football game. And so it's really annoying to all of the spouses who are like, just call them. But anyway, so I text all my friends. I was like, don't text me. I don't want to know. I don't care. I will find out. We will call and talk tomorrow. And so I did. And I was so proud of myself. I made it through the entire night without knowing at all what happened. Oh, it was, I, I was so proud of myself. And so here's what I did. I said, hey, everybody, come around. All right. Hey, great night of worship and prayer. This is really good. Uh, hey, we're going to go grab some food. And uh, Joe Osborne. Raises his hand. And I'm looking at what time it is. And I say, yes, Joe. I'm not thinking. And he said, hey, I just want to let you know Oklahoma lost 35 to 28. (laughs) And I did not think. It was too late when I realized that I had thrown my phone at Joe Osborne's face. (laughs) I hucked it. 
and I hit him right in the chest. And, I, I, and, and then I, and, and I, it was as if, I, so this was the motion. It was the throwing of the phone right in as if someone had punched me in the stomach. Ugh. And I looked up at him, and I was like, Joe. I was so mad. And, and at that moment, there's a little accusation in my heart. I was slightly offended by Joe at that time. And he comes up to me, and he's laughing. Oh, I'm just joking. I don't even know the score. I didn't believe him. So I go home that night, I turn on the game, and I say, I cannot believe that Joe Osborne ruined this for me, but I'm going to, I'm a good fan, and I will watch it anyway, and I'm trying to dissect in my mind, did he tell me the truth, or did he lie? <laughs> and every play, I'm trying to figure out, is this true? And I believed him until Oklahoma, it was not until Oklahoma was up 35 to 7, that I finally said, okay, we scored more points than he said we lost by. It was 28 to 0, and I was like, how do we lose this game? <laughs> I was offended at Joe in that moment. And it wasn't until 3 a.m. when the game was over that I was able to repent for throwing my phone at him. And having accusation in my heart for him telling me the score. And uh, so anyway, that was the best. Uh, that was, like I said, not a lot of funny stories about offense. But that, one, I, I, that, that was a moment that came up. So I'm gonna t- I want to talk to us about offense. And even as I talk about this tonight, some of you are, are kind of, you're already running in your mind the, the things that, that you're offended by, the people that have hurt you in the past. You've already, maybe some of you have already thought of the boyfriend or the girlfriend or the parents or the pastor that has hurt you. And, there, and there's, just, there's just a little wound, a little scar in you. And here's the thing you're thinking, it's hard to forgive people. It's hard. We need to be people that forgive other people. We need to forgive the people that have hurt us in the past. People that have hurt us. And, and like I said, it may be a valid thing that you have hurt by them. But we still need to forgive them. Matthew 7, again, do not judge or you too will be judged. Here's the thing about forgiveness. Forgiveness is not excusing what they did. We know this. Forgiveness is releasing them from your judgment to God's. You're not saying what they did was okay. You're just saying, I'm not going to judge you because I don't want to be judged. I'll let God judge you. And you take it off your shoulders and you let them face Jesus for themselves. Because that's what they're going to have to do anyway. They're going to face him for themselves anyway. You holding on to it doesn't do any good. It just hurts you. So we need to forgive them. It's not excusing it. It's releasing them. Okay, number two, current offenses. Current offenses. Here's what we need to do. Ready? Cut the drama. Cut the drama. Matthew 18, 15 says this. If your brother sins against you, go and show him his fault. Just between the two of you. If he listens to you, you have won your brother. But if he does not listen to you, take one or two others along so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them... Tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, treat him as you would a pagan. Here's what Jesus is saying. Stop gossiping. Stop it. You got something against somebody? Go to them. If someone comes up to you and be like, dude, you don't even know what Matt Timmermeyer did to me. My job is to say, have you talked to him? No, I just need to get this off my chest. No, shut up. Go talk to Matt. I heard heard a preacher talk about this as the triangle. We don't want to complete the triangle. 
Let it be between those two people. You don't want to be the third link. You know, they come to you and they're like, man, I'll tell you what, Shepard has been just this, whoa, 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 hey, what, did he, what does he feel about this? I haven't talked about it yet. I'm a verbal processor, so I just want to process with you for a little while so that I'm able to go to him. No, no, I don't care. Go talk to him. Okay, we deal with this all the time in this circle of friends here. All right, let's cut the drama. Stop going to other people to talk about your issues. Go to the person that you have issue with. Go to them and say, hey, look, hey, this really offended me when you did this. And I know that it's my job to not be offended, but I just want to let you know I don't get why this is going on. Work it out between the two of you. Now, I'm not saying it always works. Sometimes they, they don't respond to that. And at that point, you go preferably to someone who is an authority and get them involved so you can have a conversation with more than just the two people. Because a lot of times two people talk, there's two different opinions, and, and, and it's hard to come to a resolution. So at that point, you bring in a third party or a fourth party, preferably someone in authority, and you work it out. If that doesn't work, then you go to a higher authority. You go to the church, or in, in this instance, you go to, you go to uh, accountability leaders or, or, or all of our, how our structures work, and you talk through it with a higher authority. And if they still refuse to, to change or they still don't see, a lot of times it has nothing to do with them, though. A lot of times you're the one that's wrong, and you go to them, and, and you figure out, oh, whoops, I'm the moron. <laughs> you know? but, but if it gets all the way up to there, at, at some point we have to just release them. And just say, hey, look, I can't hold this against you, but I also can't let it eat me up inside. But friends, we gotta, with your current offenses, we got to cut the drama. Stop going around talking to people about how other people have done you wrong. No one cares. Literally, nobody cares. Talk to that person. Okay? Go talk to the person that you have issue with. If you still can't work it out, then, then we can talk. So here's your, here's your homework for this week, okay? Someone comes up to you and says, dude, you don't even know what happened. Say, Shut up, I don't care. I don't care. Go talk to them. Go work it out with them. Then if it doesn't work, then come back to me. All right? So the way to deal, the way we want to operate with current offenses is cut the drama, Matthew 18 style, go to the person you have issue with and work it out one-on-one. If you can't, then you go, to, then you go up the ladder, okay? I, seriously, this is the fun one for our circle and our circumstances because it's so easy to, to start talking and you do it in the name of accountability. You're like, man, I just got to tell you, okay, so I've had a really hard week and, uh, Here's primarily why. It is because Joel is such an idiot. <laughs> and he just keeps talking to me, and I hate it. And I, he makes fun of me all the time. And I'm like, oh, okay. Go talk to Joel, and then we can work it out. Okay? So in order to take care of your current offenses, cut the drama. And then the last thing is your future offenses. I want us to be proactive. I want us to be proactive in not being offended. So the first thing is simple. First thing is simple, is, or this is all under if you're taking notes, this is be prepared. First thing is walk in humility. If the root of offense is pride, then walk in humility, and you won't be offended. You know, Galatians 5 talks about that we have been crucified with Christ. Dead men don't get offended. If we've really given our life over to Jesus, we have no room to get offended. And actually, our offense is only proving that maybe we aren't fully given over to the Lord. Maybe there's still pieces of us that we're hanging on to and loving our sin. So, first thing, walk in humility. James 4, 6, God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. We need to come to the realization that we don't know everything. 
We don't know everything, and there's still changes that need to happen in us. Once you get to that place, it's easier to not be offended. Uh, Secondly, be slow to anger. Be slow to anger. This is a fun one. A man's wisdom gives him patience. It is to his glory to overlook an offense. It is to your glory to overlook an offense. Someone says something against you. Someone legitimately wrongs you. You overlook it. You, you forgive them right away. God says, glory, right there. I give that to you. It's to your glory. And ultimately, we know our glory is only a reflection of his glory. And so I would say it's to his glory for us to overlook an offense. It brings glory to God when we are not so, when we're not walking around with poopy pants, p- crying about everybody, talking bad about us all the time. You know? Grow up, look, overlook an offense, it's going to be okay. Man's wisdom is, gives him patience, it is his glory to overlook an offense. Okay, and the last thing, avoid hanging out with offended people. Stop hanging out with offended people. Romans sixteen seventeen. Now I urge you, brethren, note those who cause divisions and offenses, contrary to the doctrine which you learned, and avoid them. Look at people that cause division, look at people that cause offenses that is different than what you've learned and avoid them. Why? It's because of what you said earlier. Hurt people, hurt people. You know? If you, an offended person is going to impact you, they're going to talk to you, and if you're not doing the Matthew 18, you let them talk to you, it is going to infiltrate your life. You're going to believe what they say, though it may not be true. And all of a sudden, you're going to start getting offended. And you've never, even, you've never even heard of the person that you're offended at before last week. And you hate them. You've never even been to the church and you think, that pastor's an idiot. Stop hanging out with people that are offended all the time. And if you're the kind of a person that's offended all the time, just look into that might be why you don't have many friends. <laughs> you know? So, so stop being offended all the time. And stop hanging out with people that are offended all the time. It does you no good. It only hurts you. Paul says, avoid those people. Get away from them. Misery loves company. They're just trying to pull you down. They don't have truth. They're not speaking truth. They just want someone else to be ticked off with them. So stop hanging out with them. We keep talking. Dave keeps talking about 10 years from now, what your life's going to look like. Let me tell you, some of the most godly people that I know are the people that have gotten this idea. The people in their 40s and 50s and 60s that are still going hard after God, they're the kind of people that they've learned, hey, this isn't about me, and I'm, I'm going to be unoffendable. I'm not going to let people, what they say, offend me. Or, and, and, and those are the people that, that 10 years, 20 years, 30 years still going on. You've just heard one of the speakers from Desperation, a ministry of New Life Church in Colorado Springs. For more information on becoming a Desperation intern, attending one of our conferences, or joining the Desperation National Network for local churches, visit us at desperationonline.com.